seated. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 98, we conclude our series looking at this psalm, uh, which was the inspiration for that great hymn, Joy to the World. As we've considered several themes, we've looked at what it means to find joy in receiving the King, in recognizing His salvation, in repenting of sin, and now uh, we conclude uh, with finding joy and responding to righteousness. I'd introduced it as responding to grace, uh, but as you see, we'll see later, uh, those two things are closely tied. Let's look at Psalm 98 as we consider what it means to find joy in responding to righteousness. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have worked salvation for Him. The Lord has made known His salvation. He has revealed His righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered His steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the world and all those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Let's pray that the Lord would teach us tonight. Heavenly Father, we look to you now and ask that you would not simply reveal your righteousness afresh to us, but that you would teach us how to respond to it in joy. That we too might sing a new song, accounting for all the marvelous things that you have done. We pray that you would work this in us and through us for the sake of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. I know Christmas is more than just giving and receiving gifts, but have you ever gotten that perfect Christmas gift? You know the one I'm talking about? Where you open it and you just like you didn't see it coming. Or or you, you come around the corner and there it is, just set out before you, and you are blown away. Well, what was it? Maybe, maybe it was a book for you, or a scarf. Maybe it was seeing a loved one surprise you there. Um there are many, but one that always comes to mind for me is coming around the corner and seeing, I'm dating myself when I say this, the actual Millennium Falcon and an AT-AT right there covered in little green army men waging battle. And it's just impressed itself indelibly on my mind. And I can't even now, decades later, shake it just walking in there and being, I didn't even know such a thing existed. And there it was. 
But toys and books, they're just things. When we consider the the perfect gift of the Lord himself, should it not also, more so, impress itself indelibly upon our minds and on our hearts and cause us to respond in awe and with joy? That's what Psalm 98 is. It is that, that response to the perfect gift of salvation from God. It is that God's people coming around the corner, coming down the stairs, or or tearing off the wrapping paper and seeing something they never expected, being astounded by what God had done for them. It's seeing His righteousness revealed. And if, if we are to learn to, to find that unshakable joy of the Lord, no matter what darkness or difficulty may surround us, no matter what trials or tribulations we may endure, we also, with God's people, need to behold His righteousness clearly and truly that we might respond not with half-hearted gestures of appreciation or thank you cards forced upon us by more properly-minded parents, but with unfettered, unhindered joy. If we're going to do that, we need to know what is this righteousness and what ought that response look like. And those are the two things we're going to look at very briefly tonight. But what is God's righteousness? And we could spend a whole series uncovering exactly what that means and what that entails. But sometimes I think we, we think of righteousness too much in terms of ethics or morality or some sort of forensic judicial action that we lose sight of all the implications of God's righteousness Psalm 98 points us to several aspects of God's righteousness that that ought to leave us in wonder. God's righteousness is more than just just some ethical code. You see in verse 2, the Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness. Hebrew poets didn't rhyme with sounds like we do. They rhyme with thoughts. And they tie God's righteousness here and throughout the Old Testament so closely to salvation that the two, it's hard to have one without the other. In fact, it's impossible to have one without the other. When God's righteousness appears, it brings with it salvation. Because God does what is right. And he promised long ago not to let sin or the world or or the, the flesh or the devil have sway over his people, but that he would save them. He would redeem them. He would destroy all that would destroy them. They might be free to live with him forever. 
He promised to save. And when he revealed his righteousness, he brought the fulfillment of those promises. He brought salvation. For when Jesus Christ, the righteous one, appeared on earth, he came not to conquer the Roman Empire or make political power his own. He came to save. The angel even told Mary, he will be called Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. The righteous one, when he appeared, he brought salvation with him. And so when we consider God's righteousness, we cannot consider it apart from his grace and salvation. It's a wondrous thing. But it's more than just salvation. There is also connected to this the the concept of vindication. For we see here in verse 9 of Psalm 98 that when the Lord comes, he comes to judge the earth and he will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. That when God's righteousness appears, in other words, it shines the light of his truth on everything. Now, we can delude ourselves for a while. We can tell ourselves, I don't speed. I just go five or ten miles an hour over. But when the blue lights are behind you, whatever you told yourself gets cast aside in light of the truth revealed. When God's righteousness appears, all the lies that we tell ourselves about what is good or what is holy or what is right or what is true, all of that fades in the light of his righteous judgment. He vindicates his word. He vindicates his truth when his righteousness appears. And for those who've put their trust in him, who've believed his word, who've believed his promises to save all who turn to him in faith, when God shows up in his righteousness, when he arises as a judge, that's good news. Because when God's people were struggling in days of old and they cried out to him for help, what would he do but raise up a judge to save them? Here, he comes himself. But Simeon, who saw God's word vindicated, his promises held true, notes to Mary that Jesus, this righteous one, would bring the fall and rise of many in Israel because the the hearts of many would be revealed. For those who've trusted his word, there is that vindication of God's word that then spills over to them. It becomes a vindication of his people as well. But for those who have rejected it, God appears in his righteousness. It brings with it terror because we see fully and finally and truly what is real and what is true. And so there is a call, even here in Psalm 98, to to believe in the Lord and to join in the song. To see his righteousness 
as a fulfillment of all that is good and right and true, of all that he has promised, and to draw near to him in praise. But there's still even something else here. There there is a, a, especially in Psalm 98, especially throughout the Old Testament, but even in the New, included in this concept of righteousness, a, a promise that is yet to be fulfilled. Everything hasn't been set right. He will judge the nations. His light will come. He will return. And and so while his righteousness has been revealed in part, while his salvation has come, he himself has not appeared to set all things right yet. So there is, even in that promise of righteousness, a promise of consummation that something is yet awaiting all who trust in him. He will return and set it all right. And and what this means is that God's righteousness is more than just an ethical checklist. We see his righteousness in who he is and in what he does. His righteousness is, is inseparable from his being, from his character, from his action. But what is so amazing about his righteousness that Psalm 98 makes clear is that we see his righteousness in who he is and what he does for us. Not to us, for us. And that ought to lead us to respond Enjoy. That's the call to the earth. We read in Romans 8 that all creation groans with eager anticipation for the glory of the sons of God to be revealed. And here, in anticipation of that, Psalm 98 is calling on the hills and the valleys and the rivers, all the earth, to cry out, to clap their hands and to sing praise, to respond in joy because God's righteousness, it's coming. It has been revealed. Even the star is a hint that creation points, that star of Bethlehem, that creation points to the righteous one and the salvation he brings to move us to respond with joy. The psalm calls all the nations to respond, to to take up the song, to take their instruments, to join the melody. His righteousness has been revealed such that all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. All the nations have heard it, have seen it. God hasn't done this in a corner. It's not something hidden. It's been announced. And as the the hymn, Joy to the World, says, God is so working his righteous works that he will make the nations themselves prove the glory of his righteousness and wonder of his love. Because he's calling out of those nations peoples from every tribe and language, tongue and nation, to make them his own. And we read in Revelation 21 that the day is coming when all the kings of the earth, where all the nations of the world will bring whatever made them glorious, whatever made them wondrous. They will bring all of those treasures into the city of God and offer them 
to Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, even as the Magi did, offering their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All the glories of the nations will prove God's righteousness is above all as they respond to him in joy, giving to him everything they have. And so, there's a call to us. How will you respond when God's righteousness is revealed to you in Christ? What will shape you? What will flow forth from your heart and from your lips? It's easy in these times where everything's this frenzy of song and happiness and lights and, you know, the the light shows and just, and to just start to wonder. But what about these dreams that haven't been fulfilled? What about this person who's not here with me? What about this Trouble that's going to be awaiting me when I go back to work on Monday morning. What about this suffering that seems to know no end? What about this grief and this loss and this darkness that just seems to oppress even my very soul? It is easy in all the facade of joy out there to be crushed in our inner spirit with darkness and despair. But the psalm would have us Shed both. Do not put too much stock in the outward displays of joy. Not to be overcome with the things that would crush us, but to turn our eyes and see the righteousness of God that's been revealed. And to find joy in the one who sets all things right. And to have an unshakable hope in the one who fulfills all of his promises to his people. That we, in seeing this, might burst forth in song and in praise and in adoration of our Lord Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May you find joy in him in responding to his righteousness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to see and to know who you are and what you do for us, that we might stand in awe, that it might sear itself indelibly upon our souls and that we might be a people marked out by praise, by a new song that rises above the the facade of happiness that the world would have us buy into. That resonates a deep, joy that cannot be shaken, that all who hear would wonder, who is this God that he would do these things? Work this in us and through us, we pray, for the glory of Christ, our righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen.